It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Possibly bleak as this. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the latest installment of Chessie Hour. I am the host this evening, uh, Timson. I'm here with Joe, man. Like, how are we doing? What are you saying, man? I hope you're blessed. Always blessed, bro. Always blessed. Um, shame Chelsea aren't blessed when it comes to getting these results against teams in poor form. Um, so we've got a bit. So so we've got a, a, so we've got a lot of information to get through. We're going to be talking about obviously the Leicester match review. Um, we're going to be breaking down um, the attack. Why are we not inevitable when it comes to scoring and creating chances? We're going to also talk closing the gap and what needs to change um, to reach the levels of City and Liverpool next season. Um, so without any further ado, let's just get into it. <clears throat> Match review, Um, 1-1 draw against Leicester after going a goal behind, uh, a good James Madison goal cancelled out by an excellent Reese James ball to Marcus Alonso. Uh, The result is typical Chelsea, in my opinion. Um, Chelsea, you need need your poor runner form, not, not doing it. You're looking like you're in a slump, come see Chelsea. Whether it's Wolves, whether it's Leicester, whether it's Arsenal... Typical Chelsea. What's your take on the on the result overall, Joe? To be honest, was what I expected. Well, if I'm being very honest, I thought we would manage to just scrape a W. But yeah, to be honest, it just feels like the players in their heads, the season's over. They're just trying to get to the end of the season. I don't even think they really care too much about the games after losing the FA Cup being knocked out of the Champions League is kind of just like killed our season like just the climax of it even with everything going on with sanctions it's just kind of like yeah we just haven't really been playing well and today is just another example we just were very sluggish on the ball we had moments but then when it came to being in front of the goal we were just not finishing our opportunities and it's like we had enough to win the game and we just walked away with a draw. And I just feel like for the standard we want to uphold, it wasn't good enough. But at the same time, it is that time of the season where like legs are tired, players are mentally in different places. So it's like, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm inclined to agree with that. Chelsea just... Yeah, a lot of motivation. It was like that period that we had after the Real Madrid loss where the energy and just spirit was sucked out of us for a period of time. And obviously we could G ourselves up for it um, 
further along the lines with cup competitions to play for, like the FA Cup final. But now we literally have consolidating third place, which is pretty much all but done now. I'm not sure where we go from here. I think everyone's just looking forward to the holidays at this point in time, fans and players and staff alike. Now, moving on. <clears throat> yeah. Now, um, in terms of, I've got a few highlights. Um, first and foremost, I want to start on a high. Reese James does it again. Um, another excellent ball. I mm. uh, saw a stat that said he's behind, he's only one um, goal contribution behind Trent, who's obviously played the vast majority of the season whilst Reese has been out. Um, he's looking more and more like our key player especially when guys like Mason Mount aren't, about, aren't around, kind of trying to control the game as much as possible from uh, right wing back to the point where ultimately Tuchel made the change and put him central to try and get him on the ball and more involved. Um, why? How important is this guy to us right now, uh, Joe? He is like vital. Like Without Reese James in that team, it's like... I feel like our potential, we can only reach like 50%. It's capped at 50%, whatever we can do on the pitch, because it's like he is so focal in everything we do. In our build-up, in our defending, in our attacking, it's just like we don't have that many players with that high-level technical ability who have the IQ to be able to read the game and to be able to create something out of nothing. And it's like, you just seen it today with his combination play, with his passing, with his crossing, with his eye for the pass, for the cross to pick people out. It's like, for his young age, we don't have that many players on the team that are pulling their weight like that. And he's so important. And for me, the most important part is like, I don't even think he's fully even reached his full potential yet. Like, there's so much more that I feel like he's holding back when it comes to his ability on the ball. And I feel like in the years to come, we're going to really see a crazy, just crazy player in Reese. Like, I just, I just can't believe he came for our academy, honestly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I remember thinking Callum Hudson-Odoi was going to be the closest thing Chelsea have to um, a world-class or just genuine superstar and Reese James was someone who beat him out to um, Academy Player of the Year that season. And now Reese has just gone on, grown leaps and bounds. Um, and yeah, I don't think this is his final form at all. I think there's so much development and so much growth from um, a physical, technical, and experienced perspective that it's actually scary to think about Reese James at 26, 27 years old at the peak of his physical abilities and years upon years of playing at the top level by that by that point in time. So I'm just thinking, wow, let's get him tied down. But um, one thing I love about him, or on top of being an academy boy, is Chelsea is the pinnacle for him. Um, Real Madrid, Barcelona, guys like Reese and Mason won't be swayed by the appeal as easily as um, other kind of um, foreign exports might 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 be because there's just an allure. But growing up, um, wanting to play for Chelsea uh, throughout the age groups, it's just the level of security that um, I don't flinch when I hear interest from Real Madrid in um, Reese James because I just think, nah, Reese isn't going to go. Reese isn't going to go to Real Madrid. He's a Chelsea boy and he wants to be captain of this club and that's one of his ambitions. Yeah, he's going nowhere, man. Like, that's a future captain right there, man. Like, and you can even see it from the way he just stepped up this season. It's like, he's like one of our leaders on the pitch and it's like, for him to be already doing that at such a young age with the ability he has, it's like, the sky's the limit and it's like, I don't see him going nowhere. I see him wanting to take Chelsea to the heights that players like Drogba, Lampard, Terry took it to. Do you get what I mean? Like, I feel like he wants to write his name in Chelsea history, so I don't see him going nowhere, man. Most definitely. As long as Chelsea show loyalty to him, I believe he will show it right back. 
um, <clears throat> as long as we remain competitive as well, um, I feel like they will always want to play for the play for the badge, play for the club, play for the fans. So um, like Reese, let's just get that contract situation down and let's talk about the countdown to when he becomes captain of Chelsea Football Club. I think. Come on, come on, come on. Moving on to Christian Pulisic, um, I've got this section um, kind of titled "What is the hype about?" Um, I will probably raise my hand up and say I've been one of Christian's um, more um, staunch critics. Uh, I felt like he had a, he's got a whole country backing him. If you watch some of the punditry that comes from the states, they make it seem like he is Ronaldinho reborn in with, with a. American passport and Tuchel just doesn't want him to shine for whatever reason. Um, today, I thought he didn't do enough on the ball. Um, and obviously, we can talk about the absolute sitter that he's missed um, and just generally his lack of contribution overall today. What did you think about Christian Pulisic's performance? Am I being too harsh on him today? Well, to be honest, man, like, let's just call a spade a spade. He came on the pitch today. He was very non-existent in build-up. He was really just running around the pitch. When he got on the ball, he was losing it or he was just not really doing anything progressive with the ball. And it's like, you're complaining that you might want to leave if you're not playing as a starter. But when you are getting these minutes, what are you giving us? Like the excuses they say is like, oh, he may not do nothing for like 18 minutes, but he'll pop up with a goal or assist. But it's like, when he doesn't do that, what are you giving us? And it's like, you're not really giving us much. And it's like, how often is he going to pop up with a goal and assist? Like, he doesn't have a history of being a prolific striker, goal scorer. That's not his MO. He tries to get himself into these attacking positions to get these goals. But like we saw today, it's like his finishing is so inconsistent. And it's like he's been here for three, is it like two, three seasons now? It's like enough is enough. Like we've seen enough from him. And it's like I don't see him progressing any higher under us anytime soon. And it's like, we really need to ask ourselves, is this the quality of players we want if we want to close the gap? Because his technical ability is up to, to read the game is very, very low. His creativity is very, very low. His passing is very mid. And it's like, yes, he's good at stretching the defense. He's good at making runs in behind, but it's like, if you're doing this, making all these runs, but you're not putting the ball in the back of the net, what's the point? You're just taking up a space on the pitch. I would completely agree. Um, in terms of the Chelsea dynamic of wide players, I think you have space for one ball-dominant player, a dribbler type, and I think that's more Pulisic. In terms of at his absolute peak, and I'm talking about Project Restart, him dribbling and being an absolute problem, attracting three, four players and finding the right pass at the right time on top of his innate ability to put himself in goal scoring positions that I don't think other wide players like Timo Werner, who is pretty much a striker, like Callum Hudson-Odoi, like Ziyech, they've not been able to get to find themselves consistently in those goal scoring positions. He's found himself in that in that position in those positions, um, and it's got him um, some crucial goals at times. But I don't know what it is this season specifically, but it seems to have left him on occasions. Like obviously, the FA Cup final was um, he had a couple of chances after his movement put him in the right positions, and his and tonight he was in the perfect position to take the shot but I think his approach and striking technique let him down completely which is definitely an issue because I think if you're not in if if your movement's not getting you into those positions is one thing but if you're getting into those positions and you're not scoring um 
it's a sec it, it's probably going to be um more easily easily magnified and highlighted because you've done the hard part in terms of getting yourself in that position but he's not putting the ball in the back of the net and that is a very very simple chance me at my sunday league level would comfortably eat that up and score um I'm just kind of, I'm just not sure what to think of Christian Pulisic anymore. I don't think he's uh, going to grow much further in this current Chelsea system and in this current Chelsea team. And I just think maybe freshening up is would work for both parties. Um, maybe let's say all three parties, if I'm going to include his, his, his dad and his Twitter fingers. Um, what do you think, Joe? Listen, man. What I will say about when you said you're not really sure what it is with him this season is like, I think it's pretty clear. When he first came, he was showing little moments here and there, Super Cup, couple games at the start of the season, but it was very lackluster. Then Project Restart happened, but it was like, even then you could see that one thing that was consistent, even when he was playing well, was that for the majority of the game, he wasn't offering much. And it's like, it's just gotten to a point now where the circumstances aren't as favorable for him on the pitch. So it's like, now you got to show us what you're really made of. And it's like, he's not made of much. Do you get what I mean? His creativity is very limited. And it's like, he relies on other people to put him in positions for him to put in the back of the net. But it's like, he's not that guy when it comes to goals. So it's like, it's very just hit and miss. So really and truly, like in the summer, hopefully we can come to like amicable decision. We can part ways. He can go somewhere, maybe develop to become more of an inside forward striker kind of winger. And we can like get a player that's actually really worth it, like a Dembele or Lise. Do you get what I mean? Because like I've had enough like we got rid of William just to get him and it's like I feel like we've wasted so many seasons now with him trying to see what this potential he was showing in Dortmund even though he got benched by Sancho do you get what I mean so it's like I feel like we're at the point now it's like if we really want to close that gap players like him we really gotta ask ourselves are they really worth investing in long term yeah I feel like that's an excellent segue into the attack and I've kind of captioned this with um, a bit of an Avengers Thanos kind of um, theme in mind why aren't we inevitable with City and Liverpool when teams kind of sit back on their 18 yard box and try and soak up all the pressure there feels like there's an inevitability with um, chances or a goal coming. Um, maybe is it because they have better chance creators? Is it because they have better individuals capable of um, more frequent moments of magic? Or is it when they do get chances, um, is it the fact that they've got top tier finishers that apply kind of indirect pressure to defenders that kind of... Um, that adds a level of fatigue mentally to them because you're thinking, especially for City next season, if I miss if I mess up and get them a chance, Erling Haaland isn't going to miss. Liverpool have got Salah, Mane and now Luis Diaz on top of um, Jota and Firmino. Like, what is the issue with Chelsea? Because um, I harken back to, I harken back to when we lost to Everton um in the last um, last time around. And as soon as Richarlison scored, I said, this has got 1-0 all over it because they'll sit deep and Chelsea just... This is like peak frustration of Chelsea um, when we lose games. What's your take on our attack, Joe? To be honest, everything that we've seen this season, it hasn't really been a surprise to me. Like, if you've spoken to me at any point of the season, like, I've been very straight to the point that like a lot of the players we haven't attacked like they're just not good enough like for me when I look at the attack we got like I think Dan said it best like we need to have our creative players that we need to have our brute force attackers our goal getters our players that are going to push the issue do you get what I mean they're going to try and get that goal 
And it's like, when I look at the players we have in our attack, it's like, when we look at the creatives, we've got Callum, we've got Mount, then we've got ZH, and it's like, ZH has had injuries and he's had a lot of time, a lot of issues with conditioning and adjusting to English football. And it's like, he's been very hit and miss. Mount, is, he's a midfielder playing an attack and it's like, he's not a creator, but he is a creative player. So it's like, for you to rely on him for creativity and for him to always be on point is very hard because that's just not his game. With Callum, is like he's had a lot of hard times getting into the team consistently. But when he is playing consistently, we can see that, yeah, he's a player that can bring a high level of attacking, creative football to break down teams. Then we look at our goal-getters, our brute force attackers. We've got Pulisic, we've got Werner, we've got Lukaku, we've got Kai Havertz, and it's like, with Werner, like, after the season he gave us last season, like, we should have just shipped him off because it's, like, it's very clear, like, he just doesn't suit English football. Like, he needs to be able to play up against high lines. He needs to be able to be able to get in behind, have space. And it's, like, he's not going to get much of that. With Lukaku, was like, I feel like that's the biggest mistake we made of the season was, like, bringing him in because it's, like, we got Kai to a level where it was like, okay, cool. We've got Son that we're working with here. Like he's linking up with a lot of the other players, with the wing backs, with the midfielders, and he's showing that he can play at this false nine. Then we bring in Lukaku, who has a who has had a history of struggle, struggling in England as a striker. And it's like we got him in, and it's like now he has to go through a whole process of like gelling with our other players and them learning how he likes to play and him understanding how they like to play and understanding each other's positioning and how to link up. And it's like, it hasn't gone well. Tuko has not made it easy and Lukaku himself has not made it easy. So it's like, when I look at our attack, it's like, I'm not shocked by anything I see because like, one, there's not enough cohesion. Not everybody is secure enough in their roles, nor nor are everybody in the right roles as well when it comes to putting together attack. When you look at Liverpool, you got um, Jota, you got Firmino, you got Diaz, the more creative kind of players. You got Jota who can also like nick a couple goals here and there too. Like he's pretty good in front of the goal. You got Mane, you got Salah. They're like the goal getters. They're the brute force attackers. Like when they get on the pitch, they know their roles. They know what they're there to do. And they know how to complement each other. But when you look at our attack, you see it's very dysfunctional. Like, a lot of players are fighting for themselves to be able to be a starter or to be able to get a run a game. So it's like, I just feel like with our attack, there just needs to be a big, big rejig in the summer. Like, we really need to cut it down and really ask ourselves, what do we need to get to that level that Man City and Liverpool have? Because they all have technicians, players that are smart, that understand football, that have a good IQ and know how to break down teams. They know how to, like, when, when like, the going gets tough, they know how to pull something out of the hatch. You get what I mean? And it's like, with our attackers, a lot of them are developing, and some of them just do not fit for the kind of football that we want to play. So at this point now, it's like we really need to change it up because it's like if we don't, just forget about getting goals, forget about golden boosts, forget about top scorers, top assisters, forget about closing the gap to Man City and Liverpool. Like it's not going to happen. Like we've been doing this for how many seasons now? Like nothing has changed. Like we went to buy the big striker in Lukaku and guess what? We're still struggling to get goals. So at this point now, it's time for a big change because like our attack is just not good enough. Well said, very passionate as well. I'm inclined to agree with the vast majority of everything you've said. With starting with the last point that you made, we spent a hundred million on the on the big striker, thinking Lukaku was the missing piece to 
closing the gap on City and Liverpool. We spent a hundred million on a player, and I've come out and said the, on the last pod that was the cheap option. That was the cheap option. So we've you take out Lukaku, and or even add Lukaku to that to um, the existing attack. With Lukaku, we're trying to say that Timo Werner, Christian Pulisic, Kai Havertz, and um, Callum Hudson-Odoi and whoever else is on the same level or would be on the same level um, in terms of fear factor and just overall output and performance as Salah, Mane, um, Liverpool's attack, City's attack. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, in what I needed was for Chelsea to accept that the players that they brought in, i.e. a Ziek, a Timo Werner, and I feel like to some extent they accepted that Timo Werner hasn't worked out because Timo Werner was initially brought in to be the guy who was going to bang the goals. He was he was going to be the goal scorer, the golden boot getter. Um, to some extent, the fact that we brought in Lukaku suggests that there was an acknowledgement and agreement within the scouting department and management that he's not the guy that we need, so we need to get someone else. I feel I, I just wonder why there wasn't kind of an acknowledgement that Ziek um, and um, Kai Havertz not not so much because he's I want to put him to one side because he's very much um, a long term project trying to figure out what he is and how to extract the best of him and um, how that how he works in the best possible Chelsea team. Um, but looking at your ZX, looking at your um, Timo Werner's and Christian Pulisic's and just going, look, this hasn't worked as well as we thought. We might need to look at a new combination to have a more potent attack to close the gap on the City and Liverpool. But we haven't. We've just decided 197 million on a new sh- on Romelu Lukaku should patch over the should patch over the questionable cracks we have in the rest of our attack. And you look at where Lukaku's done his most damage in England, West Bromwich Albion, Everton, um, those were teams that were very were more counter-attacking most weeks. Um, there was a lot more space to run in behind. Obviously, that's the same kind of issues that Timo Werner is now facing coming from Germany. Timo's even traumatised me to the point where I never want to sign another German uh, Bundesliga-based attacker again. Um, Lukaku, obviously, finding a lot of joy in those counter-attacking sides that I just mentioned. Um, it, his struggles kind of started when it came when he was playing in a team that is expected to dominate the ball most weeks in Manchester United. He now found a lot of joy in Italy, where the style of play is different. Um, coming back, um, having more matured, and um, him probably thinking like I've matured now, I've grown, I'm not, uh, I'm ready to take on the challenges of the Premier League that I struggled with. Um, especially coming from a highly emphasised tactical uh, league like Serie A, he's not adapted. And that's in part, in part down to him and obviously his um, lack of willingness to get his head down and kind of say, OK, um, it's not quite the same as what I've experienced in uh, in Italy, what can I? What do I need to do to make sure I'm trying to adapt as quickly and as um, easily as possible? And obviously, teammates and the right and the combination of the system not being a, a perfect fit for him, um, him not really being a target man. I would say to use FM terms, uh, people say poacher. I would probably slightly lean towards probably advance forward. Um, if you don't know, kind of give those a Google to the listeners. But um, he's more of an advanced forward, if you ask me, that can hold up the ball. Um, maybe even a complete forward, if you if you may. Um, but being a target man is just not is not his ideal game. And you saw that today with the way the ball was bouncing off him. I've just got... Um, uh, and then obviously the interview just kind of threw everything into disarray, um, especially after, off the back of a promising result against Villa. So I'm just kind of looking at the attack and thinking this just needs to be kind of initially blown up and just started again um, in an ideal world. But with the management situation and the uncertainty around transfer spending and funds, I'm not sure if that's even feasible at the moment. But um, we'll move on 
to the final part and we're talking about closing the gap so in your opinion joe what needs to change um initially to uh, close the gap on city and liverpool because 19 points is ridiculous (laughs) oh gosh like honestly like the first thing we need to do is like when everything gets sorted out with the ownership and we get the funds to be able to buy players and negotiate and everything like that, we need to get rid of the quote-unquote Deadwood or the players that we feel do not meet the standard. And, like, that is the Alonso's, that is the Pulisic, the Werner's, the Ziyech. Like, Lukaku needs to go as well. Like, honestly, like, I just don't see the point of us trying to make it work another season after what we've seen with Werner like we should really just like look at this as a fresh start with Roman going at the end of the Roman era and his demands and how things were run under him like now we need to get rid of the players that are just about cutting it and we need to bring players that are ready to take it to the next level like the Kundes, the Fafanas, the Tuchemenis, the um, Dembele's, Olise's, do you get what I mean? These are the kind of players we need to really be looking at now to bring into attack. We also need to maybe look at bringing back like players like a Gallagher, a Broja, because like not only do we need like our first 11 to be of high quality, we also need the players coming off the bench to be of a good standard too and it's like we need players that when they come in they're able to add to the team they're able to bring things that other players don't bring and it's like we need to also be smart about how we're going to get all these players and it's like we don't need to just go and spend recklessly like let's also look at what we have in-house that can fit the bill bring them in and then the rest, we need to then analyze what's out there in the market and who we feel like can take us to that level, especially in that attack. We need another creative player in the mode of like a Hudson Adoy, like an Alise, like a Dembele, like that athletic, creative touchline winger that likes to create chances. We need that because Callum and Mount on their own is like, we're asking a lot of them. And it's like, Callum is the only touchline winger we have on the team. It's like, we need a bit more variety. And on that left side, like we, I mean, on that right side, we really need something like different. Like Ziyech came and we expected him to be that. He hasn't been that. It's time for us to now bring in players that can take us to that ne- another level. Like we need more creative technical players. Like our build-up play can sometimes be very hard to watch because it's like some of these guys just don't have it in them to really break down these low blocks. And then we also need someone to help with the goal burden that we can't just rely on Kai. First of all, we did kind of get him to a good level that we brought in Lukaku and we kind of started to try and move Kai around, to try and work around with Lukaku and that just hasn't worked. So we need a player that kind of complements Kai as well a player that can kind of play wide but also play up front as well do you get what I mean so it's like we really need to look at these key places in the team in the squad and really address it and attack it aggressively because it's like we don't have time to waste like players like Salah and Mane they're coming to like the more later stages of their career and Liverpool are not wasting time Man City, we see how they move. Like, they already have, like, Haaland, Alvarez. They, like, they know what they're doing. So it's like, if we really want to close the gap, we really need to attack these things aggressively. But not just aggressively, we need to be efficient. We need to be smart. And we need to make sure that we get the right profiles that link well with the other players on the team. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Now, I'm inclined to agree. We cannot um, just wait. I was under impression, like maybe last year or the year before, um, that Chelsea would have a spell of dominance by default after Klopp left Liverpool and they fell off and Guardiola left City and City also had like a downward period as they kind of found their feet post life after those good managers. But <clears throat> you look at Liverpool's succession planning, uh, they've already got in, um, they've already got in Jota for the here and the future. They've already got in Carvalho coming in. They've got Harvey Elliott. They've got, um, they've, they've got players that they've, um, they've already made plans to replace Salah, Mane. Um, and obviously Firmino has kind of been phased out. They've got Diaz in as well. So um, Klopp's obviously staying for another four years. So um, they're not going to be, they're, they're not going to be dropping off anytime soon um, at the moment. Similar with City, um, whether or not Guardiola goes, you look at their attack, they've brought in Haaland, Alvarez, um, Jack Grealish is, what, 25? He's still going to be about in three or four years' time. Raheem Sterling will only be entering his his, um, his uh, late 20s, early 30s. Uh, then you've still got Phil Foden, not to mention the guys that um, I follow in the academy, the likes of Keiki, the likes of Yankuto, all these kind of promising youngsters with the potential to go through. And it's only Chelsea where we're still trying to figure out the style of play and how to get the best out of the current crop of players, let alone a succession plan. Um, fortunately, youth is on our side um, for the majority. Obviously, we do have a couple of players like Thiago Silva, Kante, Jorginho, um, who are looking towards the end of the road. But for the most part, um, we've got youth on our side. We've got promising players coming through. Your likes of Leo Castledine, uh, Charlie Webster. Um, Ian Martin is uh, potentially linked to uh, Borussia Dortmund. And obviously, we, all know, we already know about that eye for talent. So that's someone that's already on our books to kind of have high hopes on Conor Gallagher as well. Um, so it is promising from a um, youth and young player, young blood perspective. But... I definitely think there needs to be an absolute shakeup, and <clears throat> I would say it initially. I would love to say it starts with um, the formation. I feel like now is the perfect time to make that switch. Um, obviously, Thiago Silva benefits from this um, back three system, but for longer term, I feel like giving the attacking burden to attacking players instead of our wingbacks like Reese James and Ben Chilwell and matching up teams free for free in midfield would allow us to A, have a traditional holding midfielder that allows two players to one at least to two other midfielders to bomb on and take away some of the responsibility in attack that um, obviously our attack is quite currently burdened current are currently burdened with um that could be a mason mount that could be um a ruben off cheek or anyone else that we bring in um as well as conor gallagher whoever else is currently in the system and i think for those teams that um do kind of those relegations teams that sit um on the edge of their box it makes sense to be able to not be outnumbered in midfield by these teams and be able to actually meet, match them man for man and apply pressure and overload players and have dedicated guys in midfield um, in those situations where we're dominating the lion's share of possession to come in and um, think about only focus on creating or scoring chances and the creative burden and the wide, um, the width of the team being provided by the attackers Guy Hudson-Odoi, Christian Pulisic, who actually prefer playing wide left. Ziyech, I've got reservations about him in this system, even if it's in a 4-3-3. Three, three. 
um, because he doesn't do what I like my wingers to do in terms of running in behind and being a threat, um, 1v1 dribbling. But he would feel definitely more comfortable. And I think the quality of chances would increase as well as the frequency of our chances. So in terms of um, closing the gap, I definitely think a change in formation would be beneficial. Um, and obviously that goes hand in hand with a, with a change in play style. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, to be honest, like for me, it's been, I've had a journey with this um, three at the back um, formation with Tuchel. At first, I found it a bit like at the beginning, it was nice. It was a bit something different with the further back attacking play with the movement of the wing backs and the twin tens and the double sixes. Like even when he got to the point where he was playing with twin strikers, it was like very interesting. But then it got to a point where it became stale and like it just felt like we needed a change and then we lost our wing backs and then he decided, okay, now let's play with four at the back. And it was like, you can see that when we're playing with four at the back, we look like we have more ideas when it comes to breaking teams down. Like players like Mason Mount, Reese James, Ziyech, Hudson-Odoi, like Kovacic, even Akante, even Jorginho, Ruben, they're players, they like combinations. They like, they like to um, take their time. They like to be methodical with it. They like to be meticulous. They like to overload wide areas. They like to like, do third-man runs, like all these kind of different things. And I feel like when we play with the 4 3, three it's more freedom because I feel like as much as, yes, there has been a change this season with the wing backs and the tens being able to interchange positions on the pitch. But for the most part, and you see it in Tuchel's interviews, like he allows freedom. He allows you to do what you want, but you got to do it in the confinements that he's put out, that he's set in place for how he wants us to implement this play style in this shape. And I feel like if we do move to a four at the back, in certain games where we need to be more creative and we need to really bring something different, I'm all for that because, like, we've seen it when we have to chase a game. That's when Tuku will take off a defender, add another midfielder or attacker, and then we're going to go try to win the game. And it's like, when we're fully strong and you got all the players that you like, I feel like it's now time for you to be able to be more flexible in your formations and be able to be like not as reactive to other teams and how they play and us be more on the front foot. Do you get what I mean? Like let us take it to them. Let us bring the different ideas. Let's not be so predictable. Even though we can still go forward with this free at the back formation, I feel like if we want to be at that top level, we need to be able to switch it up when it needs to be. Like, we can't just keep going with the three at the back. Like, obviously, it can still be a very attacking formation, but I just feel like we just don't need that many centre-backs on the pitch. Honestly, like, our players are good enough. Like, Reese James, like, of Thiago, um, Trevor, um, Chilwell. Obviously, like, if we're going to get the targets that we're looking at, like a Kunde, I feel like, or even maybe a Fafana, a cheeky bid to Leicester. Like, I feel like those players would be comfortable at four, at four at the back formation. Do you get what I mean? So it's like, I feel like if we can find a balance between the two shapes and making sure like it's based on the game and how we want to approach the game, I feel like that can have a really, really good like influence on us like going forward. Like, because we want to be challenging on all fronts not just in the Premier League as well as in the Champions League and that we're going to come up against so many different systems and so many different kind of teams and the way they play it's going to be very important to be able to start to see a change and see more forward the back formations and like just more varieties even if it's like one player slips into and um, wing back then slips into attack like 
we've seen that when he was doing that with um, Callum and Ziyech and even Ruben at times. So it's like, let's implement these things and be more like on the front foot and more attacking and creative. So yeah, I fully agree with you, man. Like, I hope like Tuchel goes in that direction. Yeah, <clears throat> I feel like it's now or never if we're gonna make that if we're gonna make that change because a lot of these defenders like Christensen, like a Rudiger, who seem to only be able to give their best um, in a back in a back free system are now moving on. Um, guys like Jorginho, who obviously benefits from having um, the additional safety of three defenders behind him. Um, there's talks of him moving on. I just feel like um, there's not enough create creative output from the midfield because it's always three against two um, working against us from most systems. And the added security in exchange for that midfield mismatch means that um, it means most 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 weeks that um, we don't need three centre backs. Um, and even in even though essentially on paper we don't need three centre backs, we still we've still been leaking goals, we've still been conceding, and that's with Mendy, who's a very good goalkeeper in goal as well. So yeah, I'm definitely willing, to, I'm definitely wanting to also downgrade the responsibility of uh, an attacking burden from the wing backs to the actual attackers where I think it belongs. Um I want re I don't want Reese James to have to carry the attack as well as making sure he's solid defensively. I want him to be a secondary or an additional threat that um, opposition teams have to worry about. If Trent's not having an, a good day, um, Liverpool can still batter teams because the attack does what it's meant to do and they create chances and score um, at will. Um, when Trent's on, it just adds an effort and um, enhances the attack, but it's not kind of like the be all and end all. Because, but right now we're the opposite. We're looking like if Reese is not on it, we are in trouble because um, Kai Havertz hasn't shown himself to be a prolific goal scorer. Lukaku at Chelsea hasn't shown himself to be a prolific goal scorer. None um, of the wide men have shown themselves to be pro prolific goal scorers. We have players like Callum. Um, like Mason, who have underlying um, who have underlying metrics that suggest that they can um, give you more offensive output from a creation perspective than they have been, um, with more time in 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 certain positions. But um, as far as goal scoring, um, yeah, we're looking like we're, we're we're looking like we're short of ideas whenever um, a team sits on their eighteen yard box. In terms of um, transfers. In terms of transfers, um, where we've got Jules Kunde links, um, that looks like obviously that's been raging on from last summer. That looks like it will happen at this point in time. Um, what is he like? Five ten, five eleven. I'm not quite sure how we, um, how I can get excited about that. I know in the group chat um, there's been more excitement about uh, the likes of Wesley Fofana. Per, um, and personally, I would definitely explore the possibility of um, maybe not signing William Saliba, but just seeing where he's at because he's just won. He's just won Liga Player of the Season, and I feel like the irony of the one player that Arsenal signed sell to us um, that's not washed like we do to them turns out to be an absolute monster in the Premiership when given an opportunity. Um, with Fafana and Kunde, what's your thoughts on Kunde first and foremost, Joe? To be honest, with Kunde, like I've not really seen much. Like everybody makes him out to be like one of the best defenders in the world. So like hopefully when he comes to Chelsea, that's why he shows in. I haven't really seen too much. But with Fafana, listen, I'm ready to pay whatever Leicester want. Like this guy is just amazing. Like I just like, he just, I don't even know, like, I don't really have words for him, like, sometimes. I just feel like he's so ahead of his age as a young centre-back, and it's like, you don't have that many examples of centre-backs that defend at such a high level. And he's such a good ball carrier, he's such a good passer of the ball, like, he's such a good reader of the game, he's very, 
athletic he's good in the air he's commanding like I feel like that's the kind of character we need at Chelsea obviously everyone tells me Kunde is a good player and I obviously like from what I've seen in little bits and like he looks like he's got a bit about him in it so like yeah I can see why people might really like him but for me like if I was to pick a centre-back to bring in I would bring in Fofana but obviously, like, we are losing, like, Aspie, Christensen and Rudiger. So, like, I think bringing them two in and maybe looking at Colwell, like, maybe that might be an interesting frio. But then maybe you're thinking, like, Thiago's going to be going maybe in two seasons, a season and a half's time. And it's like, we need leaders in that defence, in that back line. So you might think that is maybe a bit too young of a back line but you never know like I feel like all the players that we have at the moment have like good strong character the Reese James the Chalabas like I feel like they have this level of just they want to achieve the best they strive for the best and it's like it comes out in their performances that's why they can play beside the Thiago or Aspie or Rudiger or Christensen because like they have that mentality so we can still make it work but then I think Kulabali is also an option there too so that could be maybe an experienced head that we could bring in maybe um, send Colwell on the loan maybe sell him with a buyback and then see what happens when we move on um, Thiago but I don't really know but for me Fafana is really the one that's caught my eye I hear it. I hear it. Like, um, listeners, let us know what you think about Wesley Fofana. Um, my only kind of reservation is I know Joe said he's ready, he's willing to pay whatever. Um, they would probably want at least double what they paid for. So I think that's like they paid 35. So you're looking at um you're looking at 70 million uh for openers, um, which I don't think is too bad, but um if we could get him for a bargain, I feel like um, you sign the players for a reasonable amount. It takes the pressure off. It takes additional pressure that they might not even realise is there on them. Like um, I always harken back to Harry Maguire, 80 odd million um, for a centre-back um, is a lot of money. And I feel like because of the price tag, his performances are magnified. So if we could get, um, if we could get Fafana for a reasonable fee, uh, nothing that we haven't paid over the odds, like 80 million is something that you pay for um, Virgil van Dijk, essentially. Um, and if we, as long as we don't sign a, sign Fafana for that much, um, I, I'd be happy to have him. Um, then I think the next player that we've been strongly linked to in the last couple of days has been Usman Dembele. Personally, I love Dembele. I feel like as far as the right wing options available in the market he is um top tier he's the best you could possibly hope to get um i think he's leading la liga in terms of assists he's um he, he's so fast he can run in behind he can dribble players in one-on-one -on -one situations he can create he can score he's both footed and um, he's got such a high upside, as well as the intangibles like the um, experience having worked under Thomas Tuchel. My only reservation would be, if we're going to sign this guy, are we going to sign him to play in this same system that we're playing now? Because I don't think he would enjoy um, the subtle. I feel like he would, he, he would be someone who would um, notice the subtle differences of playing in a narrow three compared to what he's playing out wide in um, at Barcelona now. So for me, I feel like we signed Dembele. We need to change the system. Um, overall, what's your thoughts on um, signing Dembele, Joe? To be honest, we sure did in January, but like we can't look at, we can't keep looking back in it. So it is what it is. But with him, He's everything I love in a attacker. Like he's creative, he's got pace, he's got athleticism, he's like he's just so smart, like with his play and his passing and his combinations. It's just 
like even the runs he makes, like he just he's just too good at football. And it's like that's the kind of player we need if we want to raise the level. And I hear what you're saying about he might be better suited in maybe a less narrow formation. But I just feel like the kind of player he is, he can play anywhere from as it from being an eight to being a 10 to being a um a wide forward, a wide playmaker, to being a um second striker, to even being one of the split strikers, to be honest. He has the ability. He has such good close control and dribbling and his vision is top tier and he's got the ability to make the pass. I don't think there's that many passes that are not in his locker. So I don't really think he will struggle too much. I do feel like, yeah, he will be more like a Callum who will like to be more wide on the wing, hugging the touchline. But depending on how Tuchel decides to use him, I feel like him and Reese James would link up very well on the right, interchanging positions. So you never know how it could end up in it. But I feel like if you really want to close the gap, he is... Like he should be the top three players on our like we must get list. Like he is just amazing. I would agree. I feel like he's top quality. He's we signed them ballet. I am buzzing with the transfer window. Um, and just to finish, center forwards. We've got Romelu Lukaku. We've seen what he's done this season. We've seen um how he might not necessarily. Uh, suit the current style of play if the current style of play changes even if it does he might revert to the kind of same issues that he had under um, at United playing in the 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 um, and just not having the same joy um, he had in Italy do we need to sign another attacker obviously that's with Kai in mind um, personally I'm kind of not sure Kai I want to see Kai as a striker anymore um, listeners uh, I'll say that's largely because I think I think he might Kai might be someone who could help us with our create creativity issues in midfield so if we drop him back into a deeper role um, but yeah what's your thoughts on uh, the potential for um, reinforcements and that obviously takes into account um, Armando Broja coming back as well um, what do you think? Do we need to bring someone else in? Well, in my opinion, I think we may have to because from what we can see, we're not getting enough goals and we can't rely on Kai to carry the burden yet because he's still developing like really and truly he doesn't have a set position. We thought we found it with false nine and Tuchel spent another season or just wasting our time moving him around. So I still think like I want to see him for the majority of the time as a false nine or maybe on the right of a two in a strike partnership. So obviously I would bring back Broja if we're able to get rid of ZH, Pulisic, Lukaku and Werner. If we can get rid of all four of them, then I feel like we can bring in Broja as a option to play as like a left striker in a two or just as a striker by himself, or even play him wide as a 10 with maybe um, Kai as a false nine and maybe um, Callum or Mount as more of the creative guy. Like I feel like we have different options we can play around with with Broja because I feel like the kind of player he is, he would link up very well with Kai Havertz. They're very fluid in their movements and positioning. I feel like they would bounce off each other very well and when it comes to striking options I'll be honest I'm I have no idea who's out there on the market but I do feel like if we can bring in someone else that can carry goals even if it's maybe like a winger like listen I'm feeling myself why not like we got the money like if Salah decides he's not going to stay at Liverpool like why not do a cheeky bid for him because like I still feel like he's got a couple more seasons in him and it's like he likes to play on the right and he will bring in goals and it's like I feel like he would actually link up decently with 
a Havertz and obviously with a Reese James, obviously like he's had Trent behind him. So having Reese James behind you on the right won't really make that much of a difference. So like a player like that or even a Sterling who's decent with bringing in goals as well. So it's like, I feel like we need to bring in a creative player and two players who like carry goals as well. So hopefully one of those players can be Broja. And then I don't know, maybe you have some ideas of players that we could bring in. The Salah one is that's very, very cheeky. Um, but yeah, once again, I'll probably have the same um thing. I'll be playing him to play in this current system with um the two tens behind him as one of the two tens. Is that is that the best way to get the best out of him? Um, that's something we'd have to find out. And if we're going to give him 400k a week or whatever he's asking for at Liverpool, um, he needs to be giving us more than he's been giving us. He's been given Liverpool recently, um, because that's typically just our luck. We'll sign this player, we'll put him on big money, whether it's a big transfer or just big money because he's um on the brink of being a free agent and they give us kind of this mid this mid output that um we're used to. And people will look at us and go, well, he did it at Liverpool. Maybe it's us. Um, in regards to attackers, um, centre-forward specifically, I'm not going to count the likes of um, Lewandowski because he's, he's still got a year left, essentially. Um, really and truly, with attackers in this market, you're looking at um, the next big thing. You're looking at low-risk, um, high-upside uh, similar to what Arsenal have done, because obviously they've just signed a 19-year-old from Sao Paulo, I believe, uh, a wide man called Marquinhos. I don't think he's um, ready for this season, but they've signed him and he'll probably go on loan. But um, someone like uh, Carvalho at Fulham coming to Liverpool, um, he's definitely not the finished article, but there's a they've got him for a, a relatively um, small amount um, based on his potential. So um, let's see. Um, in terms of wide players, obviously I love Dembele. I think he's top tier, but obviously I've mentioned the likes of um, Taki Fuzakubo, um, Musa Diaby, someone that I like as he runs in behind really, really well. Um, yeah, I think if we can, I think getting rid of Ziyech, Werner, um, Pulisic and Lukaku would probably be a big ask in, this, um, in the same window. Um, and then if we're not able to replace all of them, we're leaving ourselves somewhat exposed. So if we could get rid of at least one or two, um, whether it's loan or perms, then, um, yeah, we can definitely look at see, seeing who we can get. I wouldn't be opposed to looking at someone like a Noah Lang um, or just someone who's um, a willing runner in behind for sure. But I think... Um, the attackers that we have who situate themselves on the left, whether that's Timo Werner, Christian Pulisic, they've um, they've not kind of made us not think about Callum Hudson-Odoi. So I think he's going to be there at the start of preseason since he's uh, two calls pretty much ruled him out for the start of the season. And I think he will be someone that um, could definitely stake a claim. But at the same time, we've not had an attacker, whether it's on the right-hand side or the left-hand side, who has come in and said, you know what, I can, I'm going to put together so many performances that it's going to be my starting position on either, either wing by default. Um, so if I'm any attacker in that Chelsea side, whether it's Pulisic, whether it's Ziyech or whoever else, um, I'm thinking it's up to me. If I produce the way I think, I believe I can, then why should I leave? So even getting rid of any of them, could be an issue apart from Timo who obviously misses his high lines in his high defensive lines in Germany um, so I think on that note we'll wrap it up uh, Joe it's genuinely been a pleasure talking Chelsea especially off the back of a lacklustre performance tonight um, yeah listener we hope you've enjoyed and um, yeah we look forward to your interactions please let us know what you liked disliked your opinions that you agreed with or disagreed with um, just let us know your thoughts we're always keen to interact with you on socials obviously on twitter um, and we look forward to um, you bringing you more content in the near future thank you very much Joe. yeah i appreciate it man and yeah you man have a good night yeah
<laughs> Another day in the life of Chelsea fans here. <laughs> yep. Sports Social Podcast Network.